Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. Seconds out. And welcome to round 38 of the Sporty Song Boxing Podcast with myself, Alex LeBox, and of course, Rob Boxing Shrew. How are you, Rob, this week on Sporty Song? Yeah, good, mate. Um, every single time we come on here, we feel like there's been so much happening and changed in two weeks. And this is probably the most that's happened between two pods that we've done, I feel. Absolutely. It really has been a busy time in the world of boxing. And we've said it quite a lot um, this year, Rob, about 2023, because 2023 has been a great year for boxing. Obviously, Davis Garcia, Inoue Fulton, Crawford Spence, and we've now had Sal Alvarez Charlo, or Canelo as he's known. It's been Canelo fight week. It's been pretty good, hasn't it? Yeah, it was good. I think it ramped up the back end of a week. Um, under normal circumstances, it would be all you see, all you digest, wouldn't it, on fight yeah, week? Yeah. Um, Seemed a bit quiet to be to start with. Um, I don't know. I think uh, you know Eddie and and Matchroom, They they get a lot of heat sometimes for different things, and you know sometimes rightly so. But I think when they had Canelo, they pushed the crap out of it, didn't they? Um, and and DAZN. Um, yes, I know DAZN had the the um, you know the rights to it over here, but um, yeah, it was it was quite quiet. But um, Waffle Fight Night was was really good. I mean. Um, We've both obviously watched it. What were your sort of initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it today, Rob, and and I thought Canelo looked. I thought he looked very good, actually. I thought he looked very effective. I thought we saw a brighter um, Canelo. I think we saw a Canelo who was. He almost seemed that all the pieces came back to get back together for Canelo. It was almost like a Canelo of old, wasn't it? It seemed to be. Um, in, in the last couple of fights, obviously the Bivol one, we've got that, but he seemed a little bit off the pace. Uh, he didn't quite seem himself, but obviously in this fight, he's fighting the smaller man and we'll come on to that in Charlo. But for me, Rob, I thought it looked like a Canelo of old and back to form. Yeah, yeah, um, to an extent. I mean, there's always the asterisks of, well, he should have looked that good against, um, you know, a much smaller man. Um uh, he was. He did impose his size, his power. He did look really good. I completely agree with you on that. Um, a bit disappointed with Charlo. His, you know, game plan. Um, all the sparring footage was him on the front foot attacking. Yeah. Didn't really see enough of that, to be honest. He he didn't do enough to win rounds. Um, the power thing just didn't carry. Um, yeah. Canelo had absolutely zero respect for for Charlo's power for at 154 carrying that up um to the extent where I think Canelo he almost looked a bit bored at times Canelo and he was almost inviting Charlo to to hit him he dropped his guard he was getting in close and there was there was just nothing there that gave me any indication during the fight that um Charlo had a chance yeah, um, it, yeah, his it's... corner Der- I mean Derek James great he's had a great year hasn't he but yeah. um he gave poor instructions in the corner giving Charlo false hope of He's getting tired and, you know, from round four. And I thought, Canelo, you know, he's he's got one of the best engines in the sport. And if anything, he got better <laughs> as it got. And, yeah, it, it, um, it, it went exactly how, as we thought it would. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to touch, Rob, when you were talking about um, Charlo in, in training, we saw this come forward aggressive style from him. But um, I just wanted to add in there, Rob, that it, it was almost quite a hollow performance wasn't it he, he was constantly on the back foot um, there was nothing like you said just then Rob there was nothing really coming back there was no concern what was coming back from Canelo and I, I spoke to you earlier and I and I said you know um, watching the fight back uh, Charlo was almost beat on the ring entrance he looked small on the ring entrance he didn't look confident and I I thought he looked defeated as he walked towards the ring yeah, yeah, I, I thought so. He looked, he looked nervous. He looked very nervous. But at the end of the day, you're going into. I know he's, he's not from Vegas, uh, Canelo, but 99% of that crowd was there for him. Um, 
Charlo was going into the unknown, a couple of divisions above against not just any super middleweight, the super middleweight. You know, yeah. I know you you like to say Canelo weight is bang on. Um, yeah. He, he just didn't impose himself and he looked very gun shy, tentative and almost looked quite pleased with himself that he got through 12 rounds with Canelo, especially after a bit getting dropped. Um, yeah. I, I had it absolute shutout. I had it 120-107 with the with a knockdown, um, some of the judges had it a bit closer, which really surprised me because I don't know what rounds they saw Charlo winning, unless it was that third round where Dazone's uh, feed just went down for three or four. Yeah, minutes. maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, something very, happened very behind from Charlo. Yeah, maybe something um, happened behind the closed doors of Dazone then in round three. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, it's a funny one with you know you've got Canelo who's hanging out with big super middleweights you know, successful super middleweights, unbeaten guys who yeah. he's swatted aside. I always go back to that run of um, Caleb Plant, Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, took a belt off every single one of them at yeah. their O. Um, goes in with Bivol. Yeah, it didn't work out for him. But could you imagine Bivol in with um, Charlo? You know, oh. the size difference. It, those are the size differences that, that Canelo is working with at the minute. Yeah. Um, and then if you bring, obviously there's the big question about Crawford coming up from 147 to 168. I mean, I don't see anything different. I, I really don't. No, and um, we, we will come on to that in, in, a, in a moment. Uh, sport, this song, listeners, and chat about what is next for um, for Canelo. What I want to touch on, Rob, is is that opening um, ra- round with Canelo. He looked strong. He looked big, obviously, against um, the smaller guy in Charlo. But he, he was just glued to the centre of the ring, wasn't he? And um, he, he just sort of had that sort of hopping motion towards Canelo, uh, Charlo, almost sort of hunting him down throughout the whole fight. And it it didn't yeah. really change from that, really, did it? I know there was a moment where Derek James called out to Charlo and said that he needed a knockout. And we saw a little bit more coming back from Charlo. But, yeah, I mean, like we said at the beginning, Rob, there wasn't there was never that threat that he was going to hurt Canelo, was there? Well, he was on the back foot as well. And Charlo, like, I know he wasn't a, a massive... Nay, I know he was, you know, undisputed at one five four, but he's not the big global name that maybe he should be. Um, not a glamorous division, um, isn't promoted very well in my opinion. Um, I just feel that it was his big opportunity, and rather than being on the front foot, which naturally he does against one five fours, he was on the back foot and trying to pop shot Canelo with zero power or not zero power, obviously to to the average man, but to Canelo. I mean. It, it, it bared resemblance to Brooke and Golovkin to an extent, um, you know, where Brooke moved up to divisions and, you know, Golovkin took the shots, no problem, didn't hurt him whatsoever. And at the end, yeah. of it said, look, he's not a middleweight. So, Precisely, um, yeah. Big similarities for me. Yeah, and we're seeing quite a lot of that now at the moment, Rob. Where a lot of these boxers are having, you know, 50 fight, 40 fight careers, we're seeing them almost run out of options, um, you know, in terms of, making these big fights happen and obviously the expectation is on Canelo's you know shoulders we, we want to see Canelo in these big fights and I, I think the Charlo fight was, was worth seeing we clearly saw that weight and that sort of divide like you said with the Khan and Golovkin um, it just sort oh, Brooke, of Brooke, oh, yeah. Brooke, sorry Brooke and Golovkin yeah it's, it just sort of the fight falls away, doesn't it? Because of the weights. But where does Canelo go after this victory, Rob? And are we looking at Canelo pushing himself towards the top of the tree again when we're talking about pound for pound lists? Um, Pound for pound, probably not because it was a, excuse me, it was a no win situation for him at the weekend. Because if he got beat by Charlo, he'd have been ridiculed for losing to a guy who's, you know, naturally a lot smaller. He beats him and, well, you beat a, you know, you beat a 1-4-5-4 guy. Yeah. So, for me at the minute, he's kind of where he was. Um, I think the big two options are the Bivol rematch. Um, Bivol has been very inactive, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, strange, um, isn't and, it? And the other one is, is Benavidez. Yeah, and Benavidez um, versus... Um, Canelo for me is 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 really the only fight that sort of makes sense. Um, it, it's it's that stone unturned from Canelo in in my opinion. He I, I'm not going to say he's avoiding Benavidez, but he doesn't quite like the idea of it, does he? And Benavidez is going to have a lot of people championing him to beat Canelo. He's big at the weight, isn't he, Rob? Yeah. Well, you tagged me in a post earlier, didn't you? He looked bloody huge. I don't know if he was. 
overweight and you know back in the gym but he looked monstrous really um yeah. to think that they fight at the same division is crazy um but um I feel like now is the time for Benavidez, uh, sorry, for Canelo to fight Benavidez. After the Bivol defeat, I think that would have been a horrific matchup for him in terms of his confidence going into that against against Benavidez. Like, you know, he, yeah. that would not have been a, a, a good matchup. But I think now he's got a couple of good wins back under his belt again. Um, he's still undisputed. You know, he never lost that because he went up to light heavyweight to fight Bivol. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. And I think that two Mexicans fighting for undisputed on Cinco de Mayo next next year in Vegas. I mean, it's as, yeah. as big as it gets, really. I, I, I just think, um, Rob, I think, you know, we, we, we look at these names and we look at these options for Canelo. I think the Bivol fight would be foolish to go back to light heavy and fight that. Crawford, people have mentioned this Crawford fight and I, I just don't buy it. Crawford, is there's no way Crawford's uh, super middle or 168 in it in any way, shape or form. It's just got to be Benavidez. And it's a massive fight. Um, apparently, Maurizio uh, Suleiman has ordered the fight, the WBC uh, chairman, executive, whoever you want to call him, for March 2024. It's perfect timing, isn't it? Yeah, perfect, yeah. Um, Mexican bank holidays around that time, I think in May. Um, yeah, perfect. Um, I, I don't have any reservations. I think the only reason it won't happen is because... Um, one of them don't want it, you know. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine the atmosphere that night, though, full of you know Mexicans? I think they could do that in the stadium in Vegas, not not the arena. Yeah, and um, what what are we saying? Benavidez, uh, Canelo, was that a 50-50? It, it, it's certainly what I would call, Rob, a super fight for the division. Benavidez has proved himself um, when he fought against, uh, I can't think of the name now. Plant, wasn't it? Plant, Plant. Sorry, Caleb Plant. But when he fought against Caleb Plant, he, he more than proved himself, didn't he, at the way. He yeah. did very well in that fight and, and won a brutal, brutal You're fight. you saying he beats Canelo? I, I, I just think it is toe-to-toe, 50-50. I, I think it would be absolutely brutal boxing fight. Um, What's your last 50p going on? For, for, I think uh, I, I am not giving you a winner of that fight on this podcast today. Come on. It's not just, just no. an initial, an initial, you know, you might change your mind, but give us a name. I, I have to, I have to sort of, I have to err towards uh, Benavidez. Yeah. I think, I think Benavidez could do a, a demolition job. All right. Okay. I, okay. I, I think March 2024, if it happens, could be the fall of the king. <laughs> you go. never know he's you there to know. be shot at but um, Can- Canelo did look very good Rob I loved the sort of the faint double jab with the right it was cutting it was devastating it sort of you know it really does damage doesn't it it, it almost sort of reminds me of you know those sort of Rocky films when he's training against and pummeling the meat, you know, um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a devastating combination and that right really does do damage doesn't it uh, I, I think a lot of that fight we've just spoken about with Charlo was just Charlo feeling the sheer strength of Canelo. And it's it's good to see him back, isn't it? Yeah, it is, definitely. Um, and he, he didn't um, hold back in his uh, post-fight interview either. Uh, you know, they put the name Benavidez on there and he pretty much said, I don't effing care. Like, I love that. I love we, that. Like, we people love... said we love it when... Um, he, he talks shit with <laughs> in English. We so, absolutely um, love it. Yeah. I, do you know what, though? Like, um, you mentioned now about the Bivol fight. I, I'd watch the Bivol fight. I think it'd be quite interesting, especially if um, Bivol comes down to 168, because that there's been talk of him wanting to come down and fight at Canelo's white, uh, weight to take his to take his titles. It's, it, I, I just don't think that fight is... I don't think it will happen, as much as it, as, as it would be interesting. But... Listen, Sport to Song listeners, we are going to be moving on very shortly to speak about the great fight at Wembley in the cruiserweight division between uh, Opataya and Thompson. And later on in the podcast, we are going to be delving into that fantastic Queensbury card in Manchester that um, they, that they've called the Magnificent Seven. And it certainly is, is Rob, isn't it? Um, what, what a night of boxing that's going to be in Manchester. And then we're going to be talking about Wood Warrington. So lots coming up on the podcast. So stick with us. But before we move on, Rob, Canelo Benavides, if it happens, who you got? Canelo. Oh, look at that. 
he's back in Canelo. That's what we like. Mate, to you see. brainwashed me for twelve months telling me it's Canelo. Wait, you can't tell me now, but I have to go against him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just can't help you. You put me on the spot. I quite fancy, I quite fancy Benavides. But there we go. Yeah. Um, Rob Wembley uh, Arena, the Ovo Arena. I was there. Thank you to uh, Matram, very kindly uh, allowed us into the stadium to watch that fight. Um, Opatia, Rob, is a little bit of a specimen at Cruiserweight, isn't he? Yeah, he's quality, absolute quality. Um, obviously, did a job on um, uh, Bradis last year. Yeah, um, it was it was quite unfortunate that he he got the injury he did afterwards because it kept him out for so long and. You know, he was obviously riding the crest of a wave, winning the title off a, you know, a legit cruiserweight champion. So it's taken him a while to to get back in the ring. Um, obviously, Eddie signed him up. Uh, well, kind of signed him up. He's, he's um, now in partnership with Tasman Fighters to, yep. to you know, broadcast his fights on the zone and under the matchroom banner. So um, I feel in hindsight, we'll go into the fight in a set, but I feel in hindsight that this was a bit of a welcome to matchroom kind of fight. I, I feel like the opponent was chosen for him as a welcome to matchroom. I might sound a bit harsh, but given the you know the hindsight of the the way it panned out, I yeah feel yeah, that way. I sort of hear what you're saying, and and, and I do agree with you on that. Um, I, I think um, it was Eddie Hearn giving um, T- Thompson that that sort of opportunity, yeah. um, and, and saying to him, you know go and do your stuff and let's see what you can do against this world champion, the IBF, IBF world champion. Um, what Opatire, what I will say, Rob, and I'm sure you've seen it and Sport to Song listeners have seen it as well. At the end of the fight, Opatire was furious. He, he was full of this sort of um, rage. He felt like he'd been bought over to sort of, you know, not so much be tested, but sort of put into deep water and see what, you know, he, he complained about the ring. I don't know if you saw it. He said, mm. you know, you've put me in this small ring. You wanted to see me brawl. And this is what happens. This is what you've got. He, he, this real sort of, uh, I don't want to call it like rage, but this, he, he was angry. He, he was almost yeah, he's pissed, pissed off, mate. He, he, was. He, he was pissed off. He almost felt, you know, I'm, I'm the champion here. You've dragged me into your backyard. I've smashed up your fighter and beaten him convincingly. You know, I'm here. This is me. And, it, and, and I thought the performance, Rob, I don't care what anyone says to this. I don't care who he was fighting in that ring. He looked stylish. He looked good and he looked spiteful and accurate as well. And I, I just think, you know, we can complain about opponents all the time, but the boxer still has to go in there and put a performance on. And he looked sensational, didn't he? A hundred percent. You nailed, nailed it with one word that I'd written down was spiteful. Yeah. Um, real, real like nasty. Um, and it was, it was out of, it was out of spite because of how he felt about it. Um, been brought over here and put in that ring, but on the flip side, um, it's like Opatia, unbelievable, just such a such a special fighter, and it was a privilege to have him here. Um, also, he needs to look at the bigger picture. He's all of a sudden had millions of people watching him on his own. Yeah, um, he's come to the UK, which you know, with respect to Australia, a lot of their fighters leave to go to the UK yep. states to get that platform to get that audience. You're welcome, Jai Opatia. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You can't be too pissed off because he's now, you know, quite a main, not mainstream, but he's a much bigger name in the UK now to a lot of people that didn't know of him before with respect. And yeah, I absolutely a, a agree. Great opportunity for him. And it, um, it was it was brilliant. It sort of reminds me, and, and, you know, don't quote me on this, but it reminds me of when Joseph Parker sort of came across and he, he was put on a lot of British shows and we all grew, grew to sort of love him as a tenacious sort of yeah. boxer and fighter. You know, he would fight anyone. I, I'm not saying Opatia is in the same bracket as Parker, but what I'm trying to say is that it's that similar sort of vein, isn't it? Where, yeah. you know, we've got a boxer from New Zealand, Australia, that sort of way, Samoa coming over to the UK to sort of get in front of bigger audiences. And some boxers do need that, but um, Opatia's on his own path, Rob, in this cruiserweight division. He looks sensational against Thompson. Does he Does he follow that through and clear up the division? Yes. Yeah, yeah in a, I, in a I word. Think he does. I think if the opportunities are right and the politics are right, I think he'll be undisputed. Um, I, I just don't see how any of the top guys, and again, that's no disrespect to some really good British fighters that are up there at the minute. You know, Willem yep. Smith's got a belt. Riakko's on the, the cusp of one. Um, Lawrence Acoli, you know, he'll be back. Um, 
I think he beats all three of them. And Badu Jack, back end of his career, he's come through the divisions a bit slower now at Cruiserweight. I, I'm just go, I've got the rankings in front of me here, and I'm going down the rankings, and I don't see absolutely anybody there who who will touch him. Um, yeah. I think the only, um, sorry, I'll pass it to you in a sec, mate. I, I think the only uh, stumbling blocks he might have is if Messrs Bivol and Baturbiev move up to Cruiser. I think that will be where his next big threat is, in my opinion. Yeah, and you you read those names out. We've We've not struggled with the cruiserweight division, but it's a division that we sort of you, you, you do look. Um, Been a tough watch. You, you, you look at the rankings and you do look for that star quality, someone that's going to sort of, you know, pull out of those rankings and become not just undisputed, but like a special fighter. And as much as Bill and Smith has shown us true heart and boxing ability at times as well, uh, and, and react for poor as well, we 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 haven't seen that elite star quality um in that division have we and you know it's been boring as well mate it's not been exciting which is why Opatire is such a breath of fresh air yeah Opatire, and and I, I agree with what you said Rob I know you called it very much first and a long time ago you called Opatire to to sort of come and reign the cruiserweight division but he's uh it's all come true hasn't it Shout out to everybody who called me a casual for ranking him number one about 18 months ago, by the way. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob boxing through the casual there. Yeah. I only put uh, a name on Opatire probably over a year ago. So uh, there we go. So, some, some casual Rob, but um... Do you know what? Shout to Jordan Thompson as well. Um, obviously he's never going to give that opportunity up um, regardless of what level he's been at for that. Um, I just think, he hasn't even fought at European level for me, let alone sort of beyond British. To jump in with Apatow was a huge ask. And, um, you know, you can't, again, with respect to Luke Watkins, I, I like him. You can't jump from Luke Watkins to Jai Apatow. Like, it's just an insane gap that you've got to bridge. It's and big jump. in my opinion, he was never going to bridge it. Yeah, it's a big jump. And just a shout out, Robert, as I was at the show, uh, it was great to see Jimmy Sainz um, make his debut at middleweight. Jimmy Sainz uh, boxed out of Reptum as an as a, uh, amateur, looked very good at the weight, looked, um, you know, very active. And it's it's looking likely it's going to be a good career for Jimmy Sainz. So, hoping to get him on as well, aren't we? Yeah, hoping to get him on and have a chat with him. Uh, really nice guy. Has an absolutely fantastic backing. I mean, God knows how many tickets he sold, but Eddie Hearn seemed to be impressed with the amount of the tickets. Noisy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very noisy. The quick, you know, shout out to the uh, Jimmy Sainz support. They were extremely loud in, in the crowd as well. And of course, Ellie Scottney impressed in the IBF title um, fight. She, uh, she looks, first defense. yeah, first offense, and she looks sensational as always. Very good. Um, and uh, Siobhan Clark, Rob, what do we say about Siobhan Clark, who has just uh, obviously moved himself uh, higher into the rankings? In and what was. A bit of a wavy performance, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt a little bit that the broadcasters um, and, and Eddie afterwards, they were getting a little bit carried away with, with Chef Clark. Um, look, I know he was a great amateur. Turned pro relatively late. I think he's only his early 30s now. And, um, you know, they're moving him pretty quickly. I think that's his sort of third fight this year already. Um, I don't know. My, the jury's out with me. I think he gets hit way too easy at the minute. And, and that's with guys with respect that he should be, you know, he has beaten them convincingly, but he should be taken out of there and shouldn't be getting caught by them. I just think that if he went in, not right now, but in a year's time with a, even with a Riappor, a Billum Smith and a Coley, I think they'd clean him out. Um, so I think he's got a lot to work on defensively. Yeah, I, I, I think um, he was fighting uh, Dukar from the Czech Republic and um, he's a bit of an acid test at that sort of that weight, but um, yeah, he got far too much success in that fight, and uh, it could have ended badly. There was a few very clean shots uh, that Siobhan Clark uh, took, and it he's got a good chin. He's, he's got a fantastic chin because it was a from a spectator's point of view, being in 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 the arena watching it, it was a great uh, you know out to watch but you just think to yourself you know like you said Rob you sort of fear for Siobhan Clark with how easily he's hit and how easily he's dragged into a scrap but um, still a, a victory is a victory those things can, those things can be ironed out and I'm sure uh, we'll see Siobhan Clark 
you know, sort of putting some good performances at the top of the division. But that's all very much to come. Um, Rob, anything else you want to touch on? Any other sort of undercard fights you saw on the Canelo or Opatire fights that you want to talk about before we move on? Um, I, I was way too tired to watch the undercard of Canelo, mate. So, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Right, guys, joining us now is the IBO European Super Welterweight Champion, the Pilgrim, and most importantly, friend of Sport the Song, Jack McGann. Welcome back, mate. How are you doing? I, I, I mate. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all, mate. Yeah, it's great to have you back on, Jack. Obviously, we, we, we've followed um, pretty much your boxing c- career over the last sort of couple of years, w- w- watching you sort of go up through the pro ranks. I, I just wanted to start, Jack, is obviously... Leading up to this current fight, which is a big op- opportunity for you, has it been a bit sort of frustrating with with boxing recently, sort of getting fights and stuff like that? Um, yeah, you know that I've, I've I learned coming from MMA that that was one of the biggest differences. Boxing is a lot harder to get fights done because of all the moving parts, but it wasn't so much like um we couldn't we couldn't get a fight. It it was more so opportunities come up. What we yeah. thought was we were getting, and then they just fell through for one reason or another, whether it be dates or, or I don't know, every every under the sun really. But, um, but yeah, we finally got this big one, so I'm 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 relieved. Oh, it was worth the wait, wasn't it? Bloody yeah. hell! I'm when I saw this got announced, I was so happy for you, Jack. Honestly, um, just the exposure that you know this fight creates for you, big stage, millions of viewers on the Fury undercard. I mean, um, can you tell us and the listeners a little bit about how the opportunity came about in the first place? Yeah, it's um, like anything, it was just a lot, a lot of luck, right place, right time. But um, it was just down to me, to me management, Alfie Warren and 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 Warren Boxing Management, and then. Um, mainly the main man with it was was Spencer Brown, so between between them, um, we 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 got it, we got it over the line, and and I didn't want to say it for ages because because of the way things have been falling through. But, yeah, yeah. But um, and it was like too good to believe. Do you know what I mean? But 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 with them, but with them guys, and then obviously my sponsor with the power of one, we um, we we, put, we pulled it off, or they pulled it off. Yeah, and not so- not the first time you've been on a Fury undercard either, eh? No, no, I made my debut, made my debut on a few of the undercard and I got um, a third round knockout as well. So I'm looking to, to, to do the same. Yeah, fantastic. And what I was going to say, um, Jack, is obviously with um, Alfie Warren and Warren Warren Boxing Management, you know, it's been, a, it's been, I know you had that frustr- frustrating year, but it's been, it's been a really good sort of uh, collective you working with them and they've really tried hard to give you the opportunities and, this is a great, great chance to get out there and uh, show what you can do, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, and that's exactly exactly what I've been after. Yeah, because like if you look at me last, even even my first fight after COVID, if you look at me last four fights, they've all been great fights, exciting fights. What what people um, would would have loved to have watched. Yeah, if I could have been on the telly, just just by just by um, how exciting they was. So I, I, I've just been um, I've just been dying for it really, and that, and then. That's that. That's why the things that I felt through have been so frustrating because I kept thinking I was going to get it and then it just never happened. But once again, um, the days dark. I just just thought it's bright. So that's it. But we we we've this is my big chance on on literally the big one on, on it'll be one of the biggest shows of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. And I I just want to touch uh, Jack as well. Like you just said, rightly said there. You know you've you've shown in your performances exactly what you can do. You, you, I was speaking to Rob early in the week and I said, Jack, Jack McGann is the type of boxer who gets you out of your seat. You're an exciting fighter. We saw it with Laszlo Toff. He was in a great fight. You just took him to the sword straight away. Are you sort of going out there? Um, is it, is it Jed or Saudi Arabia? Are you going out there to sort of obviously showcase your skills, but do a little bit of a demolition job out there? Yeah, it's not like something I, I, I plan. I just that's just in me. I think I think it's been um, it comes from the MMA thing. I've, I've just always fought to, to finish the fight, not not to not not looking to win on points. And it, it might have gone gone against me a couple of times, but um, where it could have made the job a bit easier. But that that that's um, it's it, it's in, in one hand it's the downfall, in 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 another it's a good quality to have. But yeah. I only want one way, and that's that's to. To fight the good thing is I'm getting a bit, bit more clever with it, so I'm not just like throwing caution to the wind. But but yeah, definitely I'm 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 um, I'm exciting and I always go for it from the way I go. 
yeah. you, you, you know what, Jack? It's funny you should say that because in, in that title, title fight against Laszlo Toff, it was almost, I wouldn't say a different Jack McGann, but you could certainly see where your training with Martin Murray was coming in because you were far more considered and the shots you did pick did a hell of a lot of damage. So it's almost like you said, you know, it's, you are improving as well, aren't you? Yeah, definitely all the time. I, I'm, I'm not one to come away from a, a day in the gym or a day in a fight and be like, I, I'm looking at the mistakes rather than the... Um, Starting to pat, pat myself on the back over it, you know what I mean? So I, I, I realised what I had to fix from the last fight and, and just worked on that. And then did this fight would be the same. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back. Um, I, can you believe it's been a year since the um, the rooftop shanky fight, mate? I mean, the um, what a night that was. I, I interviewed you after that after that win, and um, and I, I wrote down a quote here that you that you said that night. I don't know if you remember this, but you said, "Rob, I'm a TV fighter. I'm a TV fighter." And Alfie said the same. Well, you're a TV fighter now, mate, on the biggest stage. So, um, yeah. you know how how does that affect your preparation, knowing that you're going from you know with respect to a small hall kind of arena into you know, a worldwide audience. Um, you know, I've I've been thinking about this, and and as, as far as like the big step up goes, I've, I've fought in arenas before. I've I've made events in Russia, having big in big arena fights. Um, years ago, a couple of times. So I'm not, I I won't be I won't be shocked by like the the the, the change from small hall to arena, mm. but to stadium rather. But um, it's more I I just think like when you try and like quantify how, how massive this fight's going to be. I just think that that no one can because no one will have experienced anything like it because of the because of the way they're doing it. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Things are made and the 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 the, um, the production value on the whole thing is just off the scale. So I just don't think I'm I'm just getting ready for anything really. I just know yeah. it's going to be big and there's going to be loads of bright lights. But um, but yeah, I'm just excited more than anything. Do, do you know what I want to touch on? And just quickly going back to that Shankly Hotel fight. I mean, that was some atmosphere on top of that hotel. And I think M Mark Nielsen came out and said to us that it shouldn't have even been sanctioned, not because of any boxing rights, but just because of the building and where it was placed. But it was quite unique, wasn't it? And that atmosphere that, you know, Liverpool boxing fans can generate, is that something you want to bring back to Liverpool, Jack, and get some big fights in, your, in, in, in that town? Yeah, of course. There's, there's, that was my first fight in Liverpool in like since I was sixteen. So what? It was like fourteen years or something like that. And um, because I was always fighting away with MMA, and then five of them years were in Russia, and then when it changed over, you put COVID in the mix, and then fighting away all the time. I, I just mm. hadn't fought in Liverpool, so I, I was um, it was that was probably a lot more nervous for that one than I was for any of the other ones and then yeah. the crowd made it and just being up there was just special and I do think it'll just take it'll take a lot for um for that to get topped. Yeah. Hey Jack um, well for the people who haven't heard you, you interview with us before, tell them a story about um when your opponent's gummy fell out and what the referee did. Oh my god, I still have nightmares over there. <laughs> so we're fighting and um the guy's gum shield come out about I think it was twice and then um, the ref stopped us and put us in our corners and he come over to me put this gum shield in my mouth and it wasn't even mine it was the other <laughs> fellas and I was like that, as he was doing it I was I was that like in shock and didn't know what, what he was playing at I had this full gummy in my mouth around mine it was fucking it was disgusting I do I, 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 it's, it's I, I, a quality story it's, it is disgusting but it's funny man that is funny yeah. Yeah. I said to him what are you doing I said it is <laughs> but then yeah. As far as like spitting your gum shit out and getting time and buying time, like that, 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 he had about another minute. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hey, listen, Jack, oh, got what, what, what I want to touch on as well is that fantastic IBO European belt. What, what's happening with that now? Obviously, you've still got the belt, but is there any news on a potential defense? Um, I don't think there's man that I don't think there's any man to choose with it or anything, but I do want to defend it because, um, I want to. I won it in like a, it, it was vacant when I won it. Yeah. So I do want to defend it and show that like I know it is mine. But um, that's something we could we could look at after this one. Yeah. yeah. Get this Brilliant. big one out of the way. And yeah. your opponent Duran Junior uh, comes from a, a pretty good boxing stock, doesn't he? I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. Not off. That to me, it, it's even if like he, he wasn't the most skillful fighter in the world, that's 
that's in his blood, you know what I mean? It's like mm. it's in his genes, he's got strong fighting genes, so um and then you put the you put on the pressure of being Roberto Joanne's son, it might make him fight a bit more than than another man because he's he's got that over him. Yeah. What do you know about him? Have you have you studied him much? What have you found out about his style? Is he where is he similar to his old man, or is he different? No, he's he's like a um he's a bit of a counterpuncher like like unlike on the inside, yeah, but He's not as all out, all, all out as as his as his fella, but I've had a little look. I let I let, I let me stuff watch, but yeah. as the fight gets closer, which is about now, I'll start looking more myself because I like I like to get a feel of like what the guys like in me head a little bit before before we get in there. Some people don't like to have a look. I don't know why. I I, I like to sort of have a mental image in my head of what I'm gonna do and what he likes and yeah. and all that. So I start I start having more of a of a nose now as we're getting closer, but um. But yeah, it's, it, I I imagine it'll be a good fight for us, and, that, and that's why they've made it because it'll it'll be good on on. I imagine we'll start the show because it's an all heavyweight card, so I we'll plan to start it with a bang. Yeah, nice one, Jack. Listen, it's it's, it's the one fight that myself and Rob are going to be keeping, you know, our eyes on that one, and we're you know it's it's just going to be a sensational um, night for you. How, how's um, your trainer Martin Murray? I mean, how how's preparations going, and and how does he see the fight? Is he is he excited just as much as you are? Yeah, he's just happy that I'm fighting. It's like you touched, but you touched before about the management saying how well he's done with him um, getting the fights together and stuff. And, and if it weren't for like just just the fact of I could have been busy, which is through no one's fault, um, he'd been perfect. But man's really, um, he prioritizes me staying busy as busy as I can. So when fights fall to me, just a bit, he, he gets a cob on. You know what I mean? Understandably, because he he, mm. he wants to grow. But um, but no, he, he's made up with this one, and I think he's just happy that I finally got like to to, to get on a big stage and, and show people what I can do and what we Superb. can do. No, brilliant. Um, just before you let you go, Jack. Obviously, um, Power of One. You mentioned it earlier there. Um, you're an ambassador of Power of One. Um, they they do a lot for you. Um, do you want to give them a shout out? What they do and and how they help help yourself? Yeah, well, I've been with I've been with the power of one since for about two years, I think it is now, and and they've changed me the, the way they've changed my career, and even just my life with the opportunities they've given is is incredible, and, and it it's a animal welfare charity that specialises in um in disabled dogs and what get mistreated all around the world, and they, and they go into different cities all over all over, and and change the infrastructure of the city with with shelters and everything else. So it 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 truly is a place where um, all the money goes to the right place, and and and, and they do make a difference. Yes, yeah, it's, abso- it's absolutely fantastic co- uh, cause. And and Jack, listen, j- just to uh, just to sort of cap off here, all the best uh, in in your next fight, and uh, go out there and sh- show the uh, not only the boxing boxing world, but the world what you can do. Yeah, that's the plan, mate. Can't wait. Nice one. Cheers yeah. for coming on, Jack. Appreciate Cheers, it, Jack. mate. Nice one, nice one. Cheers. Okay, Sport D Song listeners, this part of the podcast, we are going to be talking about the upcoming fight, Wood, Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington, which is coming up this weekend, Rob, isn't it? Uh, We've spoken about the fight uh, before, previously on the podcast, two two two-time champions, world champions, it's set up to be a fight for the fans, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. I can't wait. I I feel like... um... I feel like we were always going to end up at, at this point. Um, I feel like we've been so invested in both stories for yeah. 18 months to two years now. And I think it's always led to this, um, kind of. Um, the whole Lara intertwining between it all. Um, Conlon, obviously Lopez. It, it, it's been really good. I really enjoyed like the, the storyline of it all. Um Obviously, there's been no beef. There's been no bullshit. They haven't really needed that. It's it's sold itself. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait, mate. Can you? Yeah, absolutely. And and what happens, Rob? What what we found with making this podcast is that you know there there are lots of these sort of stories that we follow and get involved with and chat to the boxers. And um, yeah, you, you're right. It really has. Uh, pushed forward to this crossroads for both fighters and it's been sort of touted as quite a sort of friendly atmosphere between the pair but do you see it as this big crossroads Rob? 
Definitely, especially for Josh Warrington. Um, he's only won one of his last four. Um, obviously, a couple of defeats um, and the you no know, contest with with Lara in the second in the rematch. Yeah. Um, Lee Woods obviously got a bit of momentum now. He's got what uh, Warrington's never had, and that was the win over Lara. Um, the dynamic of it is really interesting, actually, because I've always felt that um, both Warrington and Wood, their best results have always been when they've been the underdog. Um against Lara um, for Wood, against Conlon for Wood, um, against Selby, against Frampton for Warrington. I've always felt that the best performances have come out. So that's interesting because obviously Warrington's going to go into this with, again, most people's eyes, an underdog, which he'll like. Yep. Wood, for the first time, is coming out as champion and as a favourite. So it's it's so interesting. It's quite funny because there was a graphic that was put out. I can't remember who put it out. as a boxing uh, promotion, but it had... Um, Lee Wood, in fact, Lee Wood made made a comment on it. Um, I think he was laughing because over his last four fights or five fights, is this is the first time that he has been a favourite for the fight. And I think he, even Lee Wood found that funny, you know, because it's he's just been in those crossroads fights for the last <laughs> couple of years, hasn't he? Where, you know, he has been the underdog. And yes, he had, I wouldn't call it a blip, but he had that, you know, obviously loss... Uh, to Mitchell Lara in between it all. But um, yeah, for him to come out as a favourite in this fight is, is almost new ground for Lee Wood, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think when it comes to it in the first spell goes, I don't think he's going to be stood there thinking, God, I'm a favourite. But it, from an outsider looking in, it's just interesting. Um, I, I think we all know what's going to happen. I think we're just going to stand there and they're going to trade until until it's over um, in one shape or another. Um do you? Do you think it's going to be exciting? Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be an exciting fight. I think it's going to be one of those fights um, that we will we, we will we will remember. I think it's going to be a very memorable fight. Obviously, we've got these two British greats, really. And I call them British greats, but not because of um, stature in, in world boxing. I call them because of the entertainment they've brought to all boxing fans in the UK. You know, we've all, we, we've all enjoyed them up to this point haven't we and, and I, I think that deserves to be a, a called a boxing great uh, regardless and, and, well, if Warrington pulls it off Saturday he's three times world champion so how can you say he's not exactly and uh, what, what I think in this fight Rob I, and I've said it before I said it on the last podcast I think this fight is Woods to lose and what I mean by that if if Wood gets dragged into a, a gung-ho sort of uh, style of fighting, a sort of uh, not a dog fight, but a sort of like you said, a brawl with um, Warrington. I think that will play right into Warrington's hands. Um, I think Wood needs to show a similar game plan to what he had with Lara. I think he needs to, if he boxes um, Warrington, stands off, uses his power and, and that advantage. I think he beats Warrington um, quite not convincingly, but quite well. Um, I, I think if he gets drawn into a dogfight, I think I think Warrington could could pick him off. What do you think? I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. To be honest, I think the game plan for Lee would have to be to pick him off, counter him. Um, but I feel like Warrington's going to just come, keep coming forward, head down, swinging. Um, I I don't really know how it's going to go. Um, yeah, obviously, I favour Lee Wood, like most people do. It would be silly not to, really, with his momentum and yep. the wins he's had recently and, and the power that he's shown. Um, I just got a feeling Warrington's... I don't feel... I don't got a feeling Warrington's going to win, but I feel like he's going to put in a performance that people think he's not done yet. Um, yeah. I really do, because I think even though he lost to Lopez last, um, that result doesn't actually look too bad because I think it was a split decision um, in his home arena, which, you know, you maybe would have favoured him getting. And if you look what Lopez has gone on to do since, but certainly what he did to Conlon, like that's not actually the worst result in the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't wait for it, mate. Um, good. Call it, obviously, naming it, if I'm, if I'm giving you a name, obviously I'm going to say Lee Wood, but um, I, 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 I don't know. I've just got a feeling Warrington might, might do something. And Yeah, and uh, Warrington, as, as we know, has been, um, and like we said earlier, you know, he's, been, he's been a great uh, British boxing, uh, and obviously world boxing, a two-time um, world champion. Does Rob? Before we move on, does um, does the fact that he's been out for almost a year does that contribute to any sort of factors in this fight? Uh, Warrington, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. Especially as you get to the championship rounds, I, f- I feel Woods going to be um, maybe fitter. Um, you know, he's he's gone the distance or gone deep into fights quite a few times um, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, he's had two 12th round <laughs> stoppages, so he's pretty much gone the distance with Kanju and, and Conlon. Yeah. Um, went quite quite deep with um, uh, Lara first time round and obviously second time round he, he won our points. So, um yeah, I, I do think that could be a factor. It's a good point. Yeah, so there we go. Spoke the song. Listeners, that fight obviously is coming up this weekend and what a fight it promises to be. Wedged in between Leeds and Nottingham in that Sheffield arena. Rob, you've been to the Sheffield arena before. It's going to, with 10,000 fans crammed into it, it's going to be some atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be a cauldron. I mean, um, I'm not a big fan of the whole football narrative with boxing. I think it's overplayed a lot. I think a lot of clubs get involved and they push for the football fan route down it. Sometimes I don't particularly like it. Yeah. However, I think there's a magic of having half an arena of one fighters fans and half an arena of another. Um, and I, I, it's got to be, it can't be a poor atmosphere, can it? No, no, it can't be. And uh, yeah, it's set to be probably go down as one of the, the best British domestic dust stops for a world title as well, I might add. Um, that, that we yeah, we almost to... forget about that, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the world title, it's the WBA title on the line. So uh, an interesting fight. And uh, Rob, you're going to be Good there. So, yeah, absolutely. Good luck to both. Leewood and Warrington, and like they said, that Rob, they've shown so much class this week, haven't they? So it's uh, really good. It's good to see. Now, sports song listeners, there is a massive, huge fight coming up uh, in November. It's the 18th of November, and it's in Manchester, and it is Queensbury boxing. Rob, we get a little bit of slack for being Queensbury uh, FC, don't we, and what have you? But you know, g- genuinely, this is a fantastic card, isn't it? The Magnificent Seven, it's called. Hey, look, you can accuse us of what, what you want. I mean, you know, we can praise one promoter, praise another and pull them up on other things. It's it's just how we roll, I suppose. But absolutely brilliant card. There isn't there isn't that massive, massive fight, like a world elite fight. But I think for that reason, you've got just either fringe level, fringe world level or British European level fights all the way through the card. And it's brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Um, you could argue that three or four of them could headline. Um, yeah. It's that strong. Um, who do you want to start with? Because I, I'd... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I, think, I think we'll start from the top. We'll start with Nick Ball, Isaac, uh, Dogbo. Dogbo it, yeah. it's, I mean, we, we won't run through the whole card, but we'll pick out some ones that we sort of like the look of. But um, this is by far the biggest test for Nick Ball. We spoke a lot about Nick Ball last year. He looks very impressive. He looks explosive. But this is some test, isn't it? It, it really is. I mean, I know, um, you know, Dog Bowie, when he's been at the top, top level, I, I found that he, he gets a bit unstuck. I mean, he, he's, he's only three losses have come to two guys. And that was Emmanuel Navarrete, who's still kicking around. He's still awesome. Yeah. And um, Rob C. Ramirez, who... Olympian, great, yeah. great fighter who's going to be probably be multi weight world champion. So there's no disgrace in that. It's a great test for for Nick Ball. A name, a name. I think having a name on his record. Um, you know, some of the fighters he's fought have been maybe ranked in a division. You know, in a governing body, but not necessarily top top fighters. I think this is the test. Very similar stature build. I think it'd be really good. Um, and the winner is um, mandatory for the WBC featherweight title, which brings us back into the whole Wood Warrington yeah. thing. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's the final step before the big one, I think. Yeah, and just to touch just to touch on that, Rob, with with Nick Ball, Frank Frank Warren's been sort of, I won't call it rolling the dice, but he's been giving these boxers these big opportunities this year. Do, do you feel that this is just maybe a little bit too soon or one step too far at this moment in time for Nick Ball. He is 18 and 0, so he's he's had those sort of those you know sort of cushion fights, hasn't he? You know, is is it now or never? Yeah, sink or swim. Um but I also think that from a ranking point of view with a WBC, he's kind of got to fight him because the winner obviously yeah. gets uh, is a final eliminator for for the title. So, um why not? 
why not? Nick Ball keeps calling out a lot of names. He's very confident and, and rightfully so. He's he's had some good wins, um, highlight real knockouts at time at times. So uh yeah um what's the point uh, how many times do we sit on here and and slag these records of fighters who go in with you know with respect too many journeymen or too many fringe guys like throw them in see if they see how good they are absolutely and uh, sport to song listeners we're not going to go through the whole card because i'm sure this card is going to feature in the podcast as it leads up towards the fight. Another fight I want to mention, though, just um, just to touch on there, Rob, is Denzel Bentley versus Nathan Heaney <laughs> in that British middleweight Lonsdale oh, belt God. fight. Sensational, Rob, isn't it? So good. So good. Like, obviously, Denzel's fought at a higher you know, level in, in terms of he's had a, a, a title shot. shot. Yeah. Didn't work out, but... Um, Heaney definitely deserves a British title shot, I, I feel. Like what he's brought to the sport, um, the fans, uh, the exciting, you know, the exciting fights. I mean, he, that fight with Flatley, the rematch with Flatley earlier this year, one of the better fights I've seen this year. Um, yeah. Just real tough, tough guy and really good chin as well. So um, I think I think we're probably both in agreement that we favour Bentley, but um, Heaney, he'll probably sell six, seven thousand tickets that night as well. Yeah, no, it will be. It'll be an incredible um, atmosphere. I'm sure Denzel Bentley will take up a, a nice crowd um, from London as well. But, you know, D Denzel Bentley, for me, um, like like you just said, Rob, has, has sort of got the edge um, on this fight against Heaney just because he's, he's you know, like you said earlier, Rob, he's, he's fought for that world, uh, world title. Um, he's looking explosive again he's, he's looking like that power's come back he got that fantastic uh first round stoppage against kieran smith i think we're looking at a dangerous uh denzel bentley these days i think losing that fight to um uh, zanabek sort of made him sort of not go back to the blueprint but look at what he wants to achieve in boxing and i think he's just said you know he's got to come out and beat these guys these people coming up and uh I think it's a good test uh, for Bentley, but I do expect him to come through. I, f I actually think he could potentially get a stoppage as well. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, maybe I think we've just sort of disagreed on when that might happen. I, f I think I, I feel it might be a bit later than, you know, what you'd initially suggested. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Maybe you were getting a bit carried away. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe I was getting a little bit carried away. But, um... but yeah, I, I think down the stretch, perhaps. But um the one thing Heaney has got is a lot of heart, but I think he also is um, susceptible to shots when he comes forward because um, he can be a bit, um, bit rash sometimes when he's when he's attacking. He he leaves his chin quite high. So um, yeah, I I agree with you, mate. I, I think Denzel will win that as well. But um, that that's yeah. It's we'll go into the card in more detail. Liam Davis, Echo Essman, etc. Later on. Um, you know, between now and then, but uh, what a card. Yeah, absolutely. We will be coming and looking at that card a lot more as the podcast comes on. Any any other fights, any other stuff we want to look on, Rob, uh, before we come to the end of the podcast? No, I don't think so, mate. There's a lot coming up. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up soon, mate. Absolutely. Take care, guys.